curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. This is an extra special episode of the podcast as we are recording live and in person here at the Brand Fuel offices in Raleigh, North Carolina, home to our friend in goodness, Danny Rosen and his band of merrymakers. Thanks to Danny for the workspace as it provides us the opportunity for live collaboration as we merge our business and philanthropic lives together this weekend. I'm joined today by none other than the newly anointed man sitting atop the summit of promo marketing's list of the 18 most influential online presences in the promotional products industry, Bill Petrie. That would be me, Roger. It's good to see you. We get to do this in person, which I absolutely love. Yes. So it's it's for us, it's television, for everybody else's radio, <laughs> and it's awesome. And it's awesome to be here in Raleigh. We've got uh, a great weekend planned of music, merriment, little good, a lot of goodwill, actually, and, and uh, uh, we'll all go home tired and fulfilled after this weekend. And with sore livers, I'm sure of it. <laughs> so, Bill, as president of Promo Corner, which is a full-service digital marketing and media company specializing in helping promotional product suppliers and distributors market their unique identities and grow their business, you've been extremely busy, man. Uh, I'd like you, to think so. That's yeah, the idea. I mean, you rebranded the business. Yep. You moved, you moved the whole company to Nashville. Most of it, yeah. Yeah. Good majority of it. Uh, you've, you've hired a bunch of impressive new people to the team. And all the while, you maintain this impressive array of content channels, including Unscripted, uh, a weekly blog named Petrie's Perspective, yep. uh, speaking engagements. You're on the Rack Board of Directors. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. So congratulations on being named number one, Bill. I'm sure it inspired some feelings for you when you found out about your spot on the Mount Rushmore of promo pros in the digital age. You know what Roger did? Um, I didn't expect it. I mean, I'll be honest. I think you know me better than any anybody. Um, I'm going to be honest and candid. So, you know, I knew the online 18 was coming out, and I'd be honest. If I wasn't on it, I'd be pissed. Um, I, <laughs> so I, I should be pissed. I, 
I'm talking for me. I can't speak for you, Roger. Um, you know, it's a subjective list, so I think you always have to take it with a, a, a touch of a grain of salt. But I think Dale Denham, who does the list and we both know well, um, has done a great job of kind of qualifying how he makes it a qualitative list. I mean, a quantitative list as opposed to just a qualitative sure. list. Um, so I, I, I am honored to be on it, honestly. And there's a lot of people on there who uh, all of us are number one in, in our own areas. I could never do. I could absolutely never do. Did you know there's a full moon out? There's a full moon out. There's right a now. full moon this is out. The craziest thing. Um, but I could never do like what Kenny Ved does. I, I think what Kenny Ved does is so genius with his little pen situation. And, um, you know, what Kirby does, Kirby puts out more content than I could ever dream of putting out. And then you have Charity who run, Charity Gibson who runs, I think, 747 different uh, social media accounts and does them all very, very well. So, and then Danny Rosen, I mean, we could go on the whole list. I don't know why Dale stopped at 18. I don't know why that's the magic number, but I know it's his, as he put it, the once in a century yeah. uh, one. But I think all of us... And you're included in this, Roger. I mean, you've been an inspiration to me, and, and certainly before we even knew each other. I think all of us are trying to, in our own little way, push the industry forward and in the direction of, of partnership, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, no doubt. Um, certainly, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I don't even know how Dale tries to figure it out because 18 is a, t a, a, a tough I couldn't imagine him trying to go fewer. And right. What, what if he went more? <laughs> right, exactly. More may have been it. So so I'm feeling a little extra juju in the room because uh, I know in the spirit of Unscripted that you have absolutely no idea what I'm going to ask you about right now. Other Not than, a clue. Other than we know that the discussion, as I texted you this morning, yep. was supposed to be about collaboration. So in full feeling good about that? I'm feeling good about it. In full transparency. So I got up at 3.45 my time, Central Time, to come out here to uh, the East Coast for this event we're, we're here for, Band Together. Uh, so very, very early wake-up call. And about an hour later, I get a bombardment of texts from Roger. Hey, you're not going to stop me. We're podcasting today. <laughs> Topics collaboration. See in Raleigh. <laughs> So I didn't have much of a choice, Roger. Yeah. So, no, I don't know what we're talking about except collaboration. And this is an honest, this is a good example of collaboration because you are forcing me to collaborate right now. <laughs> well, not And to I'm mention, happy to do it. Not to mention we're both running on adrenaline because yes. the way I positioned it as we got up before some people came home from the bar last night. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so we're just going to get right into it so that yep. we don't crash and burn. All right. Let's so, go. So as I was thinking about this, I was conjuring up thoughts of memorable collaborations. And since this weekend is going to be all about music, why not talk about collaborations in music? Absolutely. So here's a few I've come up with. You give me your feedback on them as I present them to you. Okay. Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney, the gosh damn girl is mine. Um, when I think of, of uh, that, the collaboration, I think of well, their collaboration, I think of more of Say, Say, Say. Um, but I love that collaboration, I think, in 1982 when that came out. Um, there was still, oh, look, there's still a very big racial divide in, in the country. But when you have the arguably the two largest pop stars, maybe of all time, uh, certainly in the top five, do a collaboration, I, I, I think it sent a pretty good message. I think it sent a really good message. Definitely. Well, we'll set, we'll set the actual song aside. Ooh. But we'll say the collaboration was yes, cool. Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't see it. I don't pay attention. <laughs> so... Um, hopefully I don't get this wrong because my good friend Danny would not be happy with me if he found out that I got the year wrong. But 
2016 headliner for Band Together, Hall and Oates. Daryl Hall, John yep. Oates. Where do you come out on this? You know, I uh, I've never been a huge Hall and Oates fan. Um, Maneater might be right up there with Abracadabra from Steve Miller is one of my kryptonite songs least, that I just can't do with. Song, yeah. Well, look, if you're rhyming Abracadabra with Reach Out and Grab You, <laughs> I, I can't abide that. Um, Hall Notes, I, I look at those two. First of all, Daryl Hall has a beautiful voice, a soulful voice. Um, I look at Daryl Hall, like all the talent, but probably all the asshole in the band. <laughs> and John Oates really looks like Baba Booey from the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> So I don't know if it's much of a collaboration because I'm sure John Oates is very talented, all kidding yeah. aside. But it's really, to me, when I see that, it's not a real collaboration. Right. It's very much Daryl Hall oh, and, and John Oates. John Oates. And by the way, I'm John Oates. I think yeah. John Oates was probably the guy that after every session would have to go and keep everybody from quitting. Right. Well, he probably strikes me as the guy who kind of the, the uh, security guy goes, you know, as he's getting on the bus, he goes, I'm sorry, band members only. He has to go, yeah. oh, show's credential. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. What about collaborations that went the other way? Okay. Should Lionel Richie have remained a Commodore? I wouldn't say so. I think, you know, most of those creative folks, from what I gather, and, you know, I'm a big music fan. We're both big music fans. I, I think a lot of times they feel constricted. Certainly... He went into an adult contemporary uh, direction that uh, the Commodores did not in terms of their funk. So I always prefer the Commodores when I'm listening to Lionel or when I'm listening to that type of music. I don't like what Lionel Brixie brings to the table. So, no. so, here's, so here's the twist. Yeah. In the spirit of Lionel Richie and a collaboration yeah. when he was a solo artist, yeah. should Diana Ross have remained a Supreme? No. I'm saying no. She, I think she outgrew that whole girl band thing. I think she had more to offer. Um, so I, you know, she was the Supremes, right? It was. I think for a while it was Diana Ross and, and the Supremes. Supremes. So, you know, it's like leather and the Tuscaderos. <laughs> so, um, I'm pretty sure no one cares who the Tuscaderos were, or may even know who we're talking about. That, so it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm hoping somebody tells us they figured it out. Put it. Put it in the comments who I'm referring to as Leather and the Tuscaderos <laughs> and her sister Pinky Tuscadero. Pinky. Mm. But anyway, um, I think Diana Ross had really used that as a vehicle and and needed to, to go further. It's kind of like Michael Jackson and Jackson 5. Jack, Michael Jackson probably done about all he could do in the Jackson 5. Agreed. Needed to, to stretch his wings. Great. <clears throat> all right, so let's go to a place that you and I probably don't spend a lot of time at. Rap. Van Halen? Rap. Oh, no, okay. that, come on. So we're old, so I'm not going to go into any of like the Lil mm-hmm. Wayne, Drake, Eminem, Rihanna. It seems like in rap, yep. collaboration is more the standard yep. than the exception. Yep. But let's not embarrass ourselves there. Let's go back to Run DMC and Aerosmith. Genius. Absolute genius. Um, I When I think of music collaborations, that's actually the first one that comes to mind when it's two bands of two different genres. Aerosmith was on the skids at that point. They had burned out probably by their fourth or fifth time at that point. Um, I think their most recent album was Done With Mirrors. It's actually a pretty good album, um, but they, they, in terms of popularity, was not selling. Yeah. Run DMC was looking to broaden their audience, and they had grown up rapping to that song because they liked the hook, and, and then they did it together. And, and I think more than anything, it wasn't the song, it was the video. Yeah. It was a video seeing these two guys together, and they had that wall yeah. between the two, and then they, they metaphorically broke down yeah. the walls, and they're on stage. Yeah. I mean, there's so many hidden messages in there, and so yeah. many, you know, it, it, they're not so, they're not subtle. Um, but I, I still love that version of the song, and I'm not a big rap guy. Yeah. I, I don't get it, and I'm not, I don't ever, I will never get it, but I, I do love that collaboration. Yeah. I, I think you talk about two people who 
fed off each other and on some level needed each other. Yeah. Run DMC wouldn't be Run DMC without that that rock and roll of yep. Aerosmith. And Aerosmith, they would have been dead. Um, right. Yeah. Yep. No Armageddon soundtrack for them. Definitely no. I wouldn't want to miss a thing. That's for sure. That's right. I, I think that one changed music. And, I do too. And I really loved it. All right. So let's look inside the industry for a minute. All right. Um, what have been some of the more memorable, powerful collaborations in your mind within the industry? Oh, see, this is where I actually wish I had some of the questions. So one of some of the most powerful collaborations, I, I think, I think of people. Um, uh-huh. So I'm not, I don't think of companies so much. Yes. I think of, um, I really think of Danny Rosen from Brand Fuel and, and Mark Graham from Common Skew. We'll nice. see Mark a little later today. Yeah. Um, I, I think they have set a journey for themselves that has kind of swept a lot of us up behind them and i don't mean that in a negative way but i think they've kind of set the bar of hey just because we are competitors because when mark and danny first met mark was running right sleep they were running a competitive business yep um and this business as i always joke about is founded on complete paranoia and mild alcoholism (laughs) and you know the fact that they put there's no let's just let's see if we can help each other get better right and, and you take two people like that who truly are altruistic who truly do care about each other sure. and care about the other one's success um i think that that's definitely one that that comes to mind i i guess i would also say kirby hossman and me I, I know that sounds weird and self-serving but i i look at that i think we push each other to make our make each other better um he is one of uh, a few people who I use as a barometer and he will tell me when something sucks or when something is not up to par or, you know, so I, I think there's some collaboration there. I, 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 gosh, that's a hard question, Roger. Yeah. All right. Well, so you, I, I put three and you touched on two of them. Okay. I, I'm just going to throw this. There's, yeah. a, there's a new one. Okay. It's called Colab. Oh, how could I forget my good friends at Colab? At Colab, they happen to be a sponsor. They they they, they sponsor the Unscripted podcast. Yeah. So so Ben Taylor and Adam Walterscheid. I think probably I don't think about it yet because it's still waiting to be launched. Yeah. We, we talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm real excited about what they're really doing in terms of a single point of contact supply chain solution for custom merchandise, both apparel and boom. Boom! Like, it's it's like I Memorized. almost it's like I almost say that every week on the podcast. <laughs> well, and to me, what what I like about this is that that is that is one of the most um, surprising ones to me. Like that that one kind of came out of left field, and it's not because of the fact that it's two people that you wouldn't expect would would work together. It's, right. It's what they're doing. Right. And the fact that it, it crosses boundaries that oh, yeah. that oftentimes people in the industry don't want to allow, like everybody wants you to stay in your lane. Right. And this is exploding that in, in ways that maybe something called Order Commander may have done in the past. But well, it's, it's a, the idea of the fact that you can blur those lines if you choose to. I agree. And I would say, knowing what I know about CoLab, and knowing, you know, they're launching it at ASI Chicago, which happens to be July 25th and 26th. <laughs> and you can, you know, go to ttycoon.com slash CoLab and get the information on that if you want. But I don't think there's a CoLab without Order Commander, Right. right? Right. You, you look at a lot of um, you can do the same thing in music, you know, without um, a lot without the uh, Mersey beats or without the uh, without a lot of those early bands. There's no Beatles. Right. right? And so yep. um, 
sometimes being the trailblazer, which I know you and Jonathan were with Jonathan Irvin, were with Order Commander. Um, sometimes it doesn't reach the heights you want it to, or maybe it just wasn't. It w- or ahead of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. it's ahead of its time. Yeah. But without that, there's no collab. So I'm real excited to to really finally have them launch it. I know they're very very excited about yeah. both of them. Well, and and Ben's here, so Ben is here. We're gonna have some good fun spending some time with him. So so no. let's talk about you and Kirby. I mean, okay. th- this wouldn't be fair if we. I mean. It really has been in a lot of ways, like the yin to your yang in a uh-huh. lot of ways. So, mm-hmm. um, and let's let's not let's not mince facts here. Like, you're yep. number one on the online eighteen, but the good time player man from Kashokton is number five. Yes, he is number five. Right. So, and so that's not like eking in at sixteen or no. seventeen. A solid no. five. Yeah. So if you look at those two rankings in tandem. Yep. I think that alone speaks to the strength of the collaboration, wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Look, I mean, the most popular piece of content both of us do happens to be the Unscripted Podcast. And that really came out of him and I just having phone conversations. And I don't know if he said it. I don't know if I said it. It really doesn't matter. But we we talk about industry stuff. And then we just bullshit about other things. (laughs) And we thought, wouldn't it be fun to record this? and do it live we actually wanted to do it as a radio show first and then obviously logistically it's just much easier to do a podcast right, right, right. and but but we've always said that we will never edit it and we don't and that's come back to bite us a few times yeah. certainly bite me a few times but without that and, and i'm doing a new podcast now called the closet of shame and it's about redemption when promo goes wrong and i love the topic but i find that i'm not as good of a broadcaster when it's not curvy. Interesting. Um, you know, it, it's very interesting. There are times it's very natural. Like, you know, I had Danny on the podcast, so it was very natural sure. and it was great. And I've had other people on the podcast who are a little more reserved. Right. And so I'm, I'm having to pull right, right, pull right, the right, information right. out of them. And that's not bad. It's just it, it tells me I need to be better. And so and really what it tells me is Kirby makes me better. Interesting. And, and I'd like to think I make him better, yeah. too. So, um you know, he is definitely the yin to my yang, and I hope he feels the same way. It's, it's something we don't talk about. We don't talk about a lot of this stuff. He and I don't. Well, that's the reason why I wanted to bring you on, because I know that you don't. But yeah. but let's talk about, like, in much the same way as you said, Unscripted couldn't have happened had it not been for things like salt and pepper. Correct. Right? So, Correct. So, t- so talk about, like... The journey okay. that's taken you to sure. what is now a hundred episodes of Unscripted. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. So, when I started my own company in 2014, um, let me back up a little bit. So, I've known Kirby for 16 years, and I always like to say when we actually present sessions at Expo and other places, we've been we've known each other for 16 years. We've been friends for six non-consecutive years. <laughs> And that's the truth. Right. We had a falling out. Uh, we both worked at Halo at the time. Um, I was strong-headed and young and probably didn't have the grace for people I do now. Kirby would say something very similar. And we had a falling out. We didn't talk for 10 years. And so when I uh, started Brand of Eight in 2014, I, I had noticed what Kirby was doing. And I just sent him a note. I said, it's been a long time since we spoke. I want you to know I really admire what you're doing. It's pretty impressive. And that broke the ice. And so we started chatting, and he had me on Delivering Marketing Joy. Um, and uh, I always like to joke with him, I'm a five-time loser on that show. I think you're almost you're a five-time I'm loser. Four. I'm okay. four. You got me. We need a jacket. We need, like, jackets for that, like they do Saturday Night Live. You know? Um, but anyway, so, you know, we started talking and talking about doing things. And at Vegas in um, 
at Vegas Expo in 2015. In fact, the absolute three hours before I blew out my Achilles skipping at that expo, um, Kirby and I were talking, and I, I don't remember who said it, but we said, let's start writing something. We both write a lot. What if we did, we took a topic, and we took one side or the other. It doesn't matter if we actually agree with our side. Exactly. What you wrote, you just had to present. The, it was like debate class. It was. And, and what it does is when you write from that perspective, because sometimes you're writing against what you believe, and it really opens your eyes to a different way of thinking. And so we did that for, I guess, almost three years. And that did pave the way for Unscripted. In fact, we retired salt and pepper because we felt like the next real uh, honest uh, evolution of that was the podcast right so we just kept going and we we he and i used to talk all the time now we don't not in a bad way it's just well you know when you're going to talk uh, we know when we're going to talk so you know we were on a uh, we were on a uh, we're in a mastermind group together with some other people for common skew and um the online 18 came out right as we were talking and I started talking about it, and I, and I think Curry said, shut up, we can't talk about it, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So the evolution was we started writing together, uh, separately but together, and we put that out together. And it became, and then we started to decide, hey, what if we did some speaking together? Wouldn't that be kind of fun if we yep. talked about, because uh, he was like, you know, I think you're really good at writing, Bill. And I'm like, man, you're really good at the, the video. Let's talk about that. So we started writing, we started uh, uh, doing sessions together, education sessions. Yep. And... You know, when you're a little nervous sometimes about speaking, and, and believe it or not, I'm still very nervous. Every time I go stand in front of people, I'm very nervous. I can put on a good face, but I'm very, very nervous. To have someone there is kind of has your back. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love about the collaboration. I know that there are days I'm tired or I'm sick or I'm not bringing my A game, or as I would say, I'm not broadcasting at a platinum, platinum level. level right? I'm, I'm broadcasting more to balsa wood or tinfoil level. <laughs> I know Kirby's going to be there to pick me up. Right. And, and I, again, he's not here, so I'll speak for him. And I know he feels the same way. Yep. I know he does. Yep. Um, so I think the, the, what I love about the collaboration is when I'm not at my best, because there are times I'm not. You're human. I am human, very, with enormous frailties that all humans come with. He is always there to pick me up. Yeah, it's and and it, the the comfort that the two of you have with each other is obvious now, um, in the the quality of what you produce. And it, I, thank you. Some of it is is in your individual talents, but I believe that the third element of that is the comfort. It's almost like having a dance partner and knowing how to recover for that person if they make a mistake. I will tell you, if Kirby ever said, hey, I just don't want to do Unscripted anymore, it's over. Yeah, It's absolutely over. Yeah. There's no plugging somebody else in. Right. And I'll tell you why. When we first started it, we never, ever discussed how we would promote it on social media. It was never a discussion. And he naturally went to LinkedIn and Twitter. I naturally went to CommonSkew and Facebook. Mm-hmm. We've still mm-hmm. really never talked about that. We've talked about It's kind of funny. We both did where yeah. we needed to go. Right. And so, yeah, if, if Kirby ever said, no more unscripted, it's over. And if I said it, I think he'd feel the same way that it's just done. I, I could see that. All right. So it would it's unfair for me to suggest that your collaboration with Kirby is the only one you have. Right. So so let's remember that collaboration people isn't limited to content creation alone. Nope, it's not. So be it volunteer service as a board member, yep. serving as an editor for another person's content, as you mm-hmm. do for me quite a bit, uh, even serving in a religious organization in some way. I mean, there's no collaborations question. going on all over the place. 
So are there other ones that you've been involved in that have left, left, left a lasting impression? The one that comes to mind right now is really with Joel Moore at Promo Corner uh-huh. right now. Um, and that's not me sucking up to, uh-huh. to my boss. It's he is definitely one to um, challenge my way of thinking. You know, one of the things that I struggled with with Brandivate, everybody told me how awesome everything was. I'd put something out there and everybody said, oh, that's a great blog or that's great here. It's not always great. Mm-hmm. And I needed, you know, I need to be challenged. And he's very good at that. And but he's also um, a true partner because he will say, what do you think of this? Uh-huh. So it's not a traditional employee employer relationship. You know, it's one of those things I was scared of. I, I've worked in family owned companies before and I've said, I'm never going to do that again. And he and his family have brought me in and like, you run this. We trust you. And, and to have that type of collaboration, that, that's one that, that sticks with me. Yep. Um, I look back at my time at Halo. Um, I worked from Halo from 2000 to 2008 during the bankruptcy. And I'll tell you, I would not have gotten through that time because it was challenging, daily cash meetings, all the yeah. lies leading up to the bankruptcy right, and then right, the right, fallout right. afterwards. Uh, Terry McGuire, um, who is still a very close personal friend of mine, um, and he's a senior VP of supplier marketing, pretty much does it all at Halo. Yep. And, man, I remember he and I at night would just sometimes go, what's going on? Are we uh, going to make it through this? Yeah. And and he would always say, well, you know, because I had one of the harder jobs, I think, after the bankruptcy. My job as companies like Cirque and Jack Nadell were picking off salespeople was – Salesperson retention and salesperson recruitment. Mm-hmm. Try that at a bankrupt yeah. company. Yeah. Well, oh. I actually did try it. Workflow one. So. That's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So, so um, you you. <laughs> you I'm acutely aware of yeah, the difficulties it's, involved. It's 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 you're just you're you're in front of this wall with about eighty five different leaks, and you're just figuring which one do I plug right now, and you've right. only got two hands. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't have gotten through that without Terry McGuire, and and, and I think of that, and then then you know not to get all sappy, but I I'd say my wife sure um you know and she's certainly not in the business world she's a speech pathologist so it's a very different environment in which she works but you know when i was miserable and really at a crossroads with my career and i'm 44 and have no idea what the hell i want to do she was the one who said why don't you start your own business and just figure it out you will figure it out Without her being that catalyst and in having that trust in me, because I felt like a failure. Sure, I I had lost my job um, through no fault of my own, but I'd lost a really good paying job. And when I say a really good paying job, Roger, it was a really good paying <laughs> job. I'd lost my job because they had affiliated their promotional products business with Staples, so I'm out of a job. I'd tried a couple other small distributorships, neither one were a very good fit. And I was miserable. I mean, I would sit in my garage. We, I remember this one afternoon, I was, and on a Saturday, I was sitting in the garage. Kids were inside playing. I was just bawling my head off. Yeah. And without her collaborating with me and saying, look, you've got a lot of skills. Stop beating yourself up. Yeah. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. Get off your ass and do something. Yeah. Would not, I wouldn't even, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd be in the industry. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny how closely our two stories are aligned in that way. And I would say to anyone, There are other ways to have a successful marriage, but by viewing it as a collaboration with your spouse, you have a much better opportunity for success. You do. If if you view it that way. And I think you and I both are examples of 
doing it as a collaboration and what it can mean for the family as a result. So that that's a that's a great well, end to that. I'm gonna add. Can oh. I add something yeah, sure. though? One thing about a collaboration, it really is a journey. What I need from a collaborative partner today may not be what I need from them in six months. Yeah, yeah, and you sure. have to recognize that that journey. You know, as a kid, when one of my favorite bands would break up, I'd be like, "How could they break up? Right. Well, aren't they all buddies? Aren't they all like really good friends? No, people go in different directions, yeah. and that's okay." Yeah. It, oh gosh, I I'll keep the American Aquarium part of that this discussion okay. about it because we could this will be a forty five minute podcast. Um, was was your journey towards collaboration in, intentional or did it reveal itself to you along the way? You know, I, I think uh, I, it was it, it was not intentional. I can honestly say it was not intentional. What was intentional is I kind of took a, a, a self inventory at some of my lower points uh-huh. and you know when I was starting Brand of Eight and. I was at a low point when I started it, and I thought, you know, and let's use the Kirby example. I, I, I kind of saw Kirby online, and I hadn't thought about him in a long time, and I kind of stalked him on Facebook for a couple of weeks and thought, you know, we used to really enjoy each other's company, and I think I probably was wrong. And it was just kind of having that admission that I was wrong, um, and that, that made me reach out to him. So it wasn't for any benefit, any sort of gain. It was just... Right. He's a good guy, and I really like what he's doing. Right. And you know, we don't. And and you know, as you grow up, you get more mature, and you think. You know, I always say I tell people I love them all the time. Whereas ten years ago, man, I never told anybody I loved them except right. you know my wife or whatever. Right. Um, and I thought, you know, we don't tell each other enough when we appreciate people. So I reached out to Kirby and did that. So and then it's just kind of come from there. You know, I I'd met Mark Graham uh, a long time ago, and then he connected me with Danny, and then got into Promo Kitchen. And all, you know, it just it's almost like a uh, a Super Bowl. And you and and you picture a Super Bowl that just bounces in a square box. Yep. And it starts slow, yep. and then as the box starts to get smaller, it goes faster and sure. faster. Sure. Once you start like collaborating and really doing it from a an honest altruistic perspective. Yep. It's amazing the connections I've made. Yeah, for sure. And how quickly it goes. Yep. I don't think I answered your question at all. I no, I think I think you did. Okay. <laughs> so, would if you were so. Should someone seeking collaboration look for skill sets opposite theirs, or is it better to collaborate with people with similar skill sets? Well, it's easier to collaborate with someone with similar skill sets, right? Because you're always going to agree on everything. I think it depends on the person. If you can absolutely put aside and um, allow someone to give you constructive criticism and take it, I would try to find people with with unique strengths. I'll give you an example, and you may may or may not know this. So Danny Rosen was at Expo East last week with me Uh and pulled me aside. And so, you know me, I'm just going to share. It's honest. He said, you know, I love you. He goes, I love what you're doing at Promo Corner. You're a bulldog, and you're going after it. When I see you, and he goes, you want to give back, and I love that. Your heart's huge, and and you have so much going on in your brain. He's very complimentary. And he said, but... I think sometimes you need to please take in the spirit of which it's attended, but you need to kind of slow down a little bit and let let a let the natural dialogue happen. You may know where it's going uh-huh. and you may want to push it that uh-huh. way. I think you'll find more joy and satisfaction if you just not push so much. And so that was super super helpful. And um and it was he was right because I don't think I was, and so right. I started looking at my promo kitchen service, and I, I think I had pushed some people hard there unintentionally. Sure. You know, as my dad would say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Sure. And uh, and I think I I was 
at the precipice of actually doing that with promo cares. Got it. Interesting. So I so for me, I want people. I want honesty. I don't care if we have the same exact likes or dislikes. If I bring you into my inner circle, I want you to be honest. I don't need people to blow smoke up my skirt. I got plenty of people doing that. We all do. I need people who are going to be honest with me, tactful, yeah. but honest with me because well, that's important. Well, and I was thinking about what you were saying about your time at Brandivate and the fact that all you were getting was kudos and accolades. And it's really because not a lot of people have the nerve to reach out with something constructive. Yeah. And it's the thing we all need most. It is. And that's, you know, I've, I've kind of very quietly, um, something I've done over the past few months, probably the spur of this year, I think. I write five thank you notes to people um, who've helped me in my life, personally, professionally. Sometimes I get a wonderful response. Sometimes it's met with, uh, you know, a collective yawn. But it's part of it's selfish. Part of it's for me that I want to express gratitude. But really, I, I think it's important we say thank you. We say how much we appreciate um, the people who help us, the people who make us better. I mean, that's what I'm so excited about this weekend. 42 hours is not enough. No, God, no. And, and you know, to be around people like you and uh, and Ben Walterscheid and uh, – Oh, Ben Taylor. He came oh, in. Ben Walterscheid, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ben Taylor came in the room. But, no, uh, to be to be with Ben Taylor and Mark Graham and Danny Rosen and, and so many other great people in this environment, David Schultz and Amanda Delaney, I mean, it go on and on. Man, I, I'm excited about what – I think my brain's going to be on overload at no the doubt. end of this weekend. No doubt. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so it's hard to say no. Uh-huh. We've got a lot on our plates, uh-huh. and it's you know, uh, to your point about your discussion with Danny. Yeah. When might it best to take a pass? I, I th- I'm going to uh, – this is a very short answer, and it's something I learned from Kirby. If it's not a hell, yes, it's a no. It's actually and a fuck no. That's true. <laughs> I, I didn't know we could I didn't know we could use the F-bomb on your podcast, podcast. Roger. Um, yeah. So no, but if it's not if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, and um, I really love that way of thinking. It's taken me a long time to get there. You know, when I started Brandivate, I felt like okay, and, and I put myself out there. That was absolutely intentional. I'm going to write what I think and put it out there. Intentional. I'm going to say what I think and let the chips fall where they may. Intentional. If any regional wants me to speak, yes. If anybody wants me to do something, absolutely. And, you know, it got to a point, and I always joke about this, I was writing for Promo Corner uh, as, a, as a contractor. I was writing for Promo Kitchen. I was writing my own blog. I was doing content with Kirby. And I did the math in September of 2016. If you average 22 work days a month, I was putting out a piece of new content, 17 of them. I remember. And, like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't do that. Hey, where's my button? Oh, okay. just delivered it. Oh. That's unfortunate. Sorry. <laughs> Squirrel. The wheels. The wheels. No. Um, so it, to me, it, it is important to learn to say no. And I've had to learn to say no. And yeah. it had, So I, I, for me, I, if, if someone asks me something, I always catch my breath a little bit and really think, you know, let me ask a little couple questions. But I, I don't automatically say yes yeah. anymore. Well, and specifically to what you said about promo cares. I mean, yeah. we, I came to you specifically. You and, did. And it was sort of... Your participation in that has evolved over time as your passion for what we were doing has no revealed question. itself to you. No question. And, and it was okay. And I think I even said to you, I said to everybody in that in that space, like, mm-hmm. it's okay to say no. I would rather you say no than say yes and do a shitty job. Uh, no question. And right? I think most people really feel that way, but we're all so dialed in to say yes. Sure. 
a lot of us are. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and then I guess the other thing is I've been approached by people who have the same passion as me for a specific topic, mm -hmm. but maybe our values didn't line up real well. And that's a key component. I think that I think you hit on something that, that values have to align for that for the magic to truly happen. Things will get done, but there's going to be a lot more friction if the values don't align. It, it'll be a, a, a slog. It will be. A slog is a great word. Yeah. All right, well, man, you've you've killed it for us, and we are at our time limit, but I do have one bonus question. Okay. When it comes to musical collaboration, I can't let you go without asking a Van Halen question. Please, I would be offended if you didn't. So which is the best of the three lead singer collaborations Mr. Van Halen found himself with? Okay, first of all, we're not even going to discuss the Gary Sharon era of Van Halen. Um, so just toss toss that baby right out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> uh, you know. It depends my mood. They're two different bands. That's the real thing that people don't get. Sammy Hagar with Van Halen was a very different Van Halen than, than Dave Lee Roth. They're two different bands. I almost think they should have named Van Hagar. A no, oh. that, that would have sucked. Yeah. That would have been a shitty name for the band. It, it would have. But if they would have just named it something different, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. There was talk about that. Warner Brothers actually wanted them to rename the band. And Eddie and Alex were like, um, it's our last name. Right, right, we're not right. naming it. Um, so as far as so what do I think is the better collaboration? I'm going to have to go with Roth. Because you talk about creative fi friction. And universally regarded as the best Van Halen album is their fourth one, which is Fair Warning. They hated each other during Fair Warning. Hated each other. To the point where Eddie was, David Lee Roth was very aligned with the uh, producer, Ted Templeman. And they would tell Eddie, no, that solo stinks. That's not good enough. So Eddie would go back into the studio in the morning or during the day when everybody else was sleeping, go re-record the solos, and they'd listen to it again and say, oh, yeah, that's fine. And it would piss them <laughs> off. In fact, this is a little-known Van Halen fact. You may not know this. So this is 1980, late 80, early 81 when this is happening. Uh, and Kiss was in the process of jettisoning one Ace Frehley. Ah, Gene Simmons. It's true. Gene Simmons approached Eddie Van Halen about joining Kiss, and Eddie seriously thought about wow. it. Wow. Wow. So, in terms of collaboration, I think you had better overall product with Van, Van Halen Mach 1. Yep. I think the songs as standalone entities were better with Hagar because Hagar was a musician, Dave's a frontman. Yep. Very different people. Yep. yep. And to me, I would say. That band seemed to be a little more joyous with Sammy leading it than they were with David leading I, it. I will tell you, when, when they broke up, I, I was like, how can that happen? They always seemed like they had the most fun. It was like the permanent fraternity party. Yep. You know, you can always tell there was a little Dave and, and Ed issue. But, man, with Sammy, they were like best friends. Exactly. They bought houses next to each other yep. in Malibu. So, well, there you go. You just sir, never know. I would say in the spirit of collaboration, you, you have been – a wonderful collaborator with me and on behalf of Mr. Ben Taylor sitting with us and listening and Amanda Delaney and Mark Graham and Danny Rosen and all of us who are going to be together this weekend. Thank you for all you do, man. You kill it. And you're it's a de deserving spot at the top. Well, and I'm happy to call you brother. Thank you. I'm happy to call you brother. And I look forward to more collaboration, not just this weekend, but ongoing, Roger. Thank you so much. All right, man.